Welcome back to another episode of Sketch Nerds, where we break down sketch comedy. What works, what doesn't work, what we like, what we don't like, and why. Today, we are going to be discussing sketches from In the Sweet Pie and Pie by the Three Stooges. And I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. You can find information about this podcast, as well as the sketches we're going to be discussing, at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds. Joining me, as always, it's the co-hosts, Elizabeth E.K. Kemp. Hello. Seth Alcorn. Also hello. And Julian Morgan. Hello, hello. How do I follow? Also hello. I'm Andy Weld, and today we are happy to have on as a guest, Emily Price. Emily, how are you? Hi, Andy. I'm fine. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Pretend to be normal. Pretend to be normal. (laughs) Pretend to be normal. (laughs) Emily, can you tell us about your background in comedy? Sure, I'm happy to. I started as a Foley artist. What's a Foley artist? A Foley artist is someone who makes uh, sound effects, um, kind of using combinations of things found, like found objects, for okay. example, for mostly for uh, movies or radio was in this case. I use it for radio. Um, and then I turned seven. Um, <laughs> and life kind of took a different it took a new path for new you. path. Mm. My sister and I had a falling out. So our radio show was called The Funnies. And we had a falling out because she thought I inserted too many fart noises. Uh, creative differences. Mm. Mm. A lot yeah. of creative differences. So then I turned to acting and pursued uh, improv comedy, actually. Okay. In college. Did that a lot. Why would you through- do that? No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Thanks a bunch. It felt safer there. <laughs> Uh, Improv in college. Improv in college, yep. Uh, And also a TV show in college. What was the TV show? It was called Ripoff. Ripoff? What was it? It was a ripoff of a lot of uh, popular comedy shows in the time. So, uh, yeah, it was a variety show. A variety show, okay. Mm -hmm. Wait, just want to close the loop on one detail. Did you reconcile with your sister? (laughs) Have you ever spoken with her since? Um, Actually, just recently. (laughs) Just recently, okay. How did you come together? (laughs) Oh, just to she, be clear, you are now in your mid-30s, and so this has been almost more than two decades, essentially. Of, like, yes. fart noises were that important. <laughs> yes. Um, she just called me out of the blue and said, I'm pregnant, and uh, I need you in the room with me to make sound effects. Is she, like, pregnant on purpose? Fart noises, yeah. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> well. All right. Okay, so then, so, improv and this variety show, and then, so how did you get involved in sketch comedy? Oh, funny story about that. Um, I went out. Drinking one night with my mother. (laughs) 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 After watching a little group called Bad Medicine perform uh, dojo comedy. And uh, ran into E.K. and Julian and just started riffing with them. And uh, before I knew it, they asked me to, to join Bad Medicine. Wow. So, That's pretty standard, actually. I, I think we all went out drinking with our moms and then ran into E.K. and Julian and they asked us to join them, right? <laughs> yeah, that They're just right. Rome bars <laughs> looking for members. We're motherless, so <laughs> back and forth with me. Yeah. I have a really terrible relationship with my parents, and uh, that's just that's a, one of our, our requirements for being a member of Bad Medicine is you have to have a really nice mom who likes me. Oh, yeah. Okay. She's yeah. obsessed with E.K. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay. I think she, she likes like, me more than Emily sometimes. Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> 
most of my family doesn't talk to me. Oh, wow. <laughs> and now introducing our first sketch today. How many fart noises did you make? It's Emily. <laughs> it was one serious the conversation with them. <laughs> it was the wet ones. That's really what put them over the edge. The moist towelettes? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, Andy. That's what we're talking about. I'm trying to save the show. Moist I, I just imagine like a moment where like they're having dinner and Emily starts a fart noise and then just like everyone's just like, we've had enough. And then she's another fart noise and then just like con- just defiantly doing fart noises. Because everyone's yeah. just like, all right, that's it. You're going, you're going to the home. You're going to be fucking, you're going to the fucking orphanage or whatever. That's exactly yeah. how it went down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Every family has a different breaking point. Mm-hmm. You know? Emily, can you introduce our first sketch? Uh, yes, I'd be happy to. So <clears throat> this is my favorite sketch in the whole world. Um, and it is Good, the- let's play a clip. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> uh, it's the climatic ending to a short film by the Three Stooges entitled In the Sweet Pie and Pie, released in October 1941. The Stooges featured are Mo Howard and Larry Fine, and at this point, Curly Howard. And all you really need to know is that it's an elegant party. There's a table that, for whatever reason, is filled with uh, endless pies and the Three Stooges. And you can really fill in uh, the rest as you listen. Here's a clip. I'll find out. Oh, oh no. the idea! Who interfered with my romance? Gentlemen! Please, please! We strive for please! Stop, stop! This has gone far enough. Love thy neighbor. Why? <laughs> All right, Emily, why did you bring that sketch to us? Oh, well, it just cheers me up anytime we're having a rough day. Okay. Um, but more importantly, it has a historical context that I really love thinking about. What's that? Um, well, at this point, we haven't, in American history, we haven't entered uh, World War II. Uh, we're post-Great Depression. And Americans are really starting to think about how we're defining our values um, and being a little more critical of the packaged American dream. My God, I did not Damn, know we were going this shit. route. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Please. Did I'm you know for... all of this is in a Stooges clip? Like, that's how much you can get out Continue, of this Continue, Yeah, I'm, Holy I am, shit. I'm in it. Uh, so, really, the premise is founded on that. This optimistic discontent with what we should think about what is uh, achievement or status, right? So, the Stooges are trying to uh, impress these ladies, and the ladies are trying to get rid of the Stooges. But instead, they end up being the heroes of the clip, which really doesn't often happen for the Stooges. Um, yeah, they win. And just, I just love, like, it all comes out, all of that comes out over a pie fight. Um, and there's so so many, like, nuanced things throughout it that I just think are a great example of acting and comedic timing. And, and slapstick is actually pretty hard to yeah. execute. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah, projectile slapstick. Well, and let's talk about that a little bit. So we've talked about the use of physical humor before, but um, Seth, how is slapstick a subset of physical humor? It, well, slapstick is very particular. There's, this, I mean, the, the pie in the face is a classic. Uh, Pratt Falls, also classic slapstick. Uh, basically, slapstick is, mm, it's usually something is happening to someone rather than just some physical goofs are going on. Uh, not, <laughs> all right, we're going to do this. 
It has. Seth, Seth, Seth is yeah. rolling up his sleeves it's right okay. now, and he's it's wearing a he's wearing a t shirt. Like related, yes. Uh, it's related to uh, the whole Shlemiel Shlemazel thing. From um, would you call me? <laughs> I didn't call you anything, <laughs> but if you, if you choose to take offense, it means you know you're one of them. Uh-huh. Um, which I actually was explained by Ron Swanson on an episode of Parks and Rec, but. Uh, the Shlumiel is the unlucky klutz, and the Shlomazel is the recipient of the unlucky klutz's klutziness, right? So, soup getting uh, splashed on somebody in nice clothes, that kind of thing. So, uh, while physical comedy covers a broad range of things, slapstick is usually about something bad happening to someone. Mm. <laughs> and Emily, what makes slapstick hard to play? You said that earlier, that it's difficult. What is what is difficult about slapstick? Right, so the the physical element, so as an actor... It's often hard to speak and chew gum. Wait. Yeah. Walk and chew gum is yeah, that's normally it. the... Yeah. That's well, it is also <laughs> hard to yeah, speak and chew gum. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Just like you have to do two things at once. Um, and then there's a lot of timing. And you really have to know your your yourself so well. So you have to know what faces work and what, and what reaction. You have to know if you can hold them. Uh, if you can hold that face, for example. So I think there's a lot of knowing yourself as an actor that's probably mm. the hardest yeah, part. Yeah, and probably like trusting the other performers with you. I mean, there's one point where like, like the choreography for it, it was was pretty crazy. I mean, there's one point where like they're standing semicircle throwing pies at each other, but one person's ducking. The, the person behind them gets hit with a pie and then it's like, it's like, oh, well, here's a pie for you and then like hits another person. So like, it's just like literally like a whole choreography of it was crazy and also trusting that person that you're not going to harm them i mean like right there are there are points where like the pies were getting i mean there was one point where a woman got completely blown back by getting hit by a pie and i was like <laughs> holy shit is it like like i was like damn that had to fucking hurt actually like so just like trusting people that a pieectile uh, <laughs> okay nice wow yeah all right yeah exactly the, 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 the timing yeah. the trust the knowing yourself knowing your partner yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we've we've done a couple of slapstick t- style sketches that Bad Medicine. Bad Medicine has done a couple of of slapstick sketches that I know you you were actually in a couple of those for us like the one about the receipt which is not going to mean anything to the people listening to this podcast but Glad you mentioned it. Um, <laughs> um no, but I mean check what Check please with the two of them. Oh yes. Check. check. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm now. I blacked out during the whole thing. <laughs> but I remember now. One of the dangers really? of physical comedy, if you get hit on the head too much. <laughs> it's blacking out. I think I was being choked out at the time. I well it was our most erotic sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, didn't boy. immediately go there, but uh <laughs> welcome to Sketch Nerds After Dark, everyone. <laughs> no, but as I'm thinking about some of the challenges we encountered at that one, it's similar to what you're saying, where that we right. it was almost like um, choreographing a fight in an action movie or something. You have to, like, mm-hmm. everyone has to know what those beats are and w- exactly when it's coming and how it's coming and, you know, when when to stop your hand so you don't actually hit that person. I mean, it's incredibly Yeah, complex. and you need to have a super tight crew to work with. Like, so, for example, the, the, the Howards, right, are brothers. So they've worked a lifetime of working on this timing together, this physical comedy timing. And like, I just love that, that that's braided into this and that's why it's so, it works so well, I think for them. Yeah. And also like, you're a very physical performer too. 
So like, I mean, we've done shows where uh, improv shows where like we've done crazy shit, and it's even stuff that you've uh, you've you've written or stuff that you you like to perform is like, is there is there something about performing physical sketches that you just like are gravitated to? Like, and how do you get into that mindset, or is it just something that just fuck it, I'm going to do it, you know, kind of thing? Oh yeah, I absolutely gravitate to physical because for me that's what that's what the funny thing is. Like, I love when like boundaries are crossed and like. It's just so much more entertaining to, like, see someone touch someone else if I'm watching them on stage, like, versus just, like, sitting next to each other talking. Yeah, we get, we get a ton of, like, talking <laughs> Everyone right sketches. now is slowly touching me. <laughs> All of the white men are touching the women. Let's, let's stop this. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I was, uh, I, I was going to make some joke. Let's like, move on to my next question. That's why um, I find Catholic Mass so hilarious. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Zing, uh, I mean, it, it's Zing. fun to talk, but it's also fun to just like roll around in the mud a little bit. Yeah, because like I, I feel like I feel like a lot of especially like modern comedy is now more talking head stuff. Like it's just like there's two people they're talking and there's no like, there's no real physical element to it. Well, so it's it's kind of fun to just like really. Well, so much of so much of comedy anymore is about a lot of people trying to prove how smart and clever they are. Oh, yeah. I don't know what you mean. Often, often <laughs> a missed opportunity because I think for a lot of people, the Three Stooges in particular are a great representation of like lowbrow comedy, and so there's the association with physical comedy being lowbrow when actually even the you're talking about the metaphor of like yeah. <laughs> throwing pies is like a sort of you're really saying we're sort of throwing pies in the face of whatever these values that are being right. represented in this room. Affluence. It's much more sophisticated than just kind of like, whoop, 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 and then like pie in the face. Yeah. Um, and Thank you is, for getting me, EK. What? Thank you for getting me. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> well, I mean, I've talked a lot to your mom, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there is there is an unappreciated elegance in, in comedy like that that you don't see often anymore. That's Right. Yeah, like Charlie Chaplin, like Buster Keaton. Yeah. Buster Keaton. Yeah. yeah. How do you how do you how do you, how do you uh, okay? How, how do you bring Ooh, that huh. like element into like uh two modern audiences? Like that physicality and all that. Just like how like, and and uh the slapstick little bit. How do you bring that to a modern audience? The Python I mean this isn't super modern but the Python is closer it. to Three Stooges than it is to us. In Night at the Hollywood Bowl? Yeah, probably about. Yeah, that was like 1980-81, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, just yeah. like, just like I mean, because, like, the, the yeah. most people that are consuming comedy now are, like, straight up 18 to 25-year-olds. And we're, all of us in this room, Andy excluded, are in our 30s. Um, What's wrong with you, Andy? 40s. <laughs> 40s. What's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. um, well, I, I Why also, couldn't you be born later? Yeah. Well, I think earlier. now, too, it's like, um, it's like you have to be more visual. If you're going to do the physical or you're going to do the the not talking comedy, it has to be more visual. Yeah. Right? He's got to have a sight gag. Well, and you, right. And you or maybe the joke is like something that's unsaid. Like is, it's just like something that's implied. What about a first person pyre parody rather than a first person shooter? Okay. Like that might be, you, you'd have to connect it to something that's happening now. You couldn't. Right. I don't think you could do in the sweet pie and pie beat for beat today and have it work. Right. I mean, like, because most stuff is like referential now. Sorry, Andy. Uh, it's mm -hmm. like, so like Rick and Morty is really, really popular right now. Right. I love Rick and Morty, but it's super referential. Like it's always referencing something that will like and, and playing off of something to um, get like it's commenting on something. So like basically, can you do something without referencing something? I feel, I feel like a lot of 
modern comedy now is referential. Mm. Whereas mm-hmm. like the um, Three Stooges can just like throw a pie in your face. How many different ways can we throw pies in the face? Yeah. Um, you know? That's the beauty of it. I'm just thinking historically. Was like, was a pie in the face really a thing before the Three Stooges? 1909 was the first time it happened in a vaudeville sketch, and it was very popular in vaudeville. um, And up to the Three Stooges are kind of maybe the like on film the most popular version, but are starting to get to the end of its popularity as Mm -hmm. a comedic thing. Which is even more of a reason why it's bold. You still see it all the time, though, like in game shows and like people just getting a. Well, so at the end of baseball games, if someone hits a walk-off home run or something like that, they'll get like shaving cream in the face. There's, yeah. there's yeah. actually even there is a a party game. That yeah, involves, that's right. Yeah, where you look into a, an opening, and yeah. if the timer goes off, you get a pie in the face. Right. Like there's just so why something do we like very... pies in the face? Like what is it about the pie in the face? Yeah, there's something very basic about humans. Yeah, I don't know. It's talking to I, right? I, I I literally have no idea why that's so funny. Pies it's... in the face. It's I'm like sorry. seeing someone get a little bit of a comeuppance, but it's also in a very, like, I mean, you're not even really using pie for the most part, right? It's basically like a tin or even just like really light cake covered in very light whipped cream. So even if you were to hit someone hard with it, it's not really going to hurt a person. So no, it's but kind like, of like they're, they're actually using like, uh, like there's there are points where like you can see crust like dripping off. They, they wipe crust off their face and try to continue yeah, the these scene. Were, these look like real ass pies. Like, I know, but even if you use real pies, yeah. if you hit someone in the face with it, maybe it's going to feel like a little bit of a thud, mm. but it's not like watching someone get punched in the That's face. Yeah, yeah. So there's like an element of like safety, safety. Yeah, it's a, it's the purest way to break the rules, right? Why why pie specifically though? Like I, that's what, that's what I don't get. It creates a visual mess. It could be yeah. cake. It could be like cakes. Cake would be harder to deal with, I think, because uh, because a, a pie truffle comes cakes for a long time. So. I've been dealing I've been dealing cakes on the streets. Yo, I got uh, cakes for cheap, bro. Uh, so the thing, uh, pies in a pie tin, right? That is keeping it together. You know, if you pick up if you try to pick up a cake and push it into somebody's face, it's not going to work you've got a little bit more control with a pie. Um, and as Andy said, uh, the visual mess, you look ridiculous when you've been pied in the face. You look absolutely ridiculous. There's no amount of dignitas you can muster to overcome what it looks like when you got smacked with a pie in the face. Right? Yeah. Well, and w- one thing I love too about this sketch is that like, it's um, obviously high class society and stuff like that. They're wearing tuxedos. Everyone's wearing a nice dress. There is something funny about just like throwing a pie in the face and having a huge mess on top of someone who's very dignified and like is also projecting their dignification. Is that word? Dignity. Yeah. It's Dignity. It's the Dignif- rule of punching up. It Dignity. probably yeah. wouldn't be as funny if it's, you know, a, exactly. a if, homeless if, if, person yeah, who got pie in like, the face. The then you're the like, commentary what? Commentary element yeah. of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I want to say that the, the, the two moments I, I really liked for very different reasons. The first one was uh, something, Emily, that you mentioned about uh, the Stooges winning. Like, the, the women actually defend them. Right. They're like, how dare you? And the, the, one of the women is like, you started it. And by the way, here's a pie in the face, mm-hmm. which, was, which was good to see. Because usually it's, uh, the battle is straight class lines, and this one was a little bit like, oh, no, 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 no. There's some, there's some nuance here, which is also sometimes a strange thing to say about a Three Stooges Short, but yeah. that was good. The other one I really liked was the guy trying to tell the lion killing story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just he, what was that? 15, 20 pies for that one dude 
and yet he would not stop yeah, telling his break. story. And every time, and there, I looked to my left and there was a pie in the face. It was great. It was just... Did anyone else just laugh out loud when they went that quick clip to Larry in the night suit? Yes. Yeah. Because somehow there <laughs> just... was a suit of armor and somehow he got himself into it. <laughs> <laughs> Only yeah, took I, him I like, like 30 this, seconds. <laughs> suit of armor, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I thought that was a great like beat because it's like, like you said, like you can tell it's definitely a commentary on the upper class. And so he's wearing a suit of armor, getting hit in the face, like a lowbrow person getting into a suit of armor to protect himself from a pie fight. Uh, that was was uh, well, but at that point in the sketch too, it's it's escalated such mm-hmm. that yeah. is you've almost crossed that line where it's not even about the commentary at that point. You have to just commit to you have so much pie flying that no matter right. who you are, you're gonna get hit in the no, face. No, and no, I can I, imagine Bad Medicine, for example, like writing this. Like, it's like, like we think like, okay, write or improvise pie fight. Well, that's not enough. Like, you'd actually have to write out all of those beats. And they'd have to be pretty thought out and intentional. Yeah, Yeah. and there are Um, just 30 comments that just say, gets hit with pie. Right. (laughs) Gets hit with pie. (laughs) Gets hit with pie. (laughs) Like, like, even the guy that's like, which I love, him telling the story how he killed a lion. Yeah. So they write they write it in a way where everyone that's getting hit with a pie, it says something about it, it's it's on game. They're taking a shot at the establishment. So like, um, Larry, Larry wearing a suit of armor, mm-hmm. um, that's that's a shot at the establishment. The guy who would incessantly would just talk about how he killed a fucking lion, is like that. That's totally like a shot at the upper class. Where and and and, and so like each each beat each joke is kind of like. Yeah, the whole gag is pie in the face, but they they keep it on game a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's genius. There's one other thing I want to talk about in this sketch that was not actually related to the pies exactly. Um, it's the dialogue at the beginning of the sketch. Yeah. Or the oh, beginning yeah. Of when they're doing their kind of standard three stooges. Right. Stuff. That's how they sound in my head. That's pretty close. Yeah. So it's very. I'm not sure the right word, but there's a very specific cadence to it. And mm-hmm. on last week's episode, we talked about a Marx Brothers sketch, and there's a similar cadence to it. And, you know, Julian, as a Was writer— Was that last week? Or? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay, good. As a writer, how has the— um, how has that writing kind of, how has writing transformed in the comedy sense from that very stylized writing to a more naturalistic feel that I think a lot of comedy writers go for now? We, so we talked um, uh, last week about, uh, I brought this up, like when you have a character that works, the studio says, hey, this character is making money. These characters are making money. You're going to do that for, until it doesn't. That character's voice is always going to be present no matter what. So like, the Three Stooges, they were known as the Three Stooges. They're going to be, they're going to be those people. They're going to have that certain voice. And now that, like, I think people now just want to, like, hear themselves in, um, in, the, in the comedy that they watch. So that, like, you watch shows like Insecure um, on HBO where it's, it's a black woman as a black woman's voice. I think it's very funny. Um, but, like, people want to hear those kind. People want to hear themselves hmm. in the characters that they're watching. Versus like where, a can. Versus a character mm-hmm. who's just going to be that character and and be dropped in the world. And let's see how that character acts in a doctor's office. Let's see how that character's acting, you know, stuff like that. People, people, people want to hear themselves, basically. This podcast. 
podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy troupe Bad Medicine, DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. Visit badmedicinecomedy.com for info about live shows, workshops, and t-shirts for people who love comedy. Bringing us our second set sketch today, it's Seth. Seth? Uh, this is a Mornington Crescent segment from the long-running uh, British antidote to panel shows. I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. Uh, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. Was actually started by um, well, some of the people who are still on it, but John Cleese was one of the founding members way back in the day. Um, Tim Brooke Taylor and Graham Garden are the other two who have been with it from the beginning. Uh, it was hosted by Humphrey Littleton until he passed. The episode that we're listening to is hosted by Jack D. And the uh, three permanent panelists are Barry Cryer, Tim Brooke Taylor, and Graham Garden. They're joined this week by Sandy Toxvig, who is a Danish comedian who's had a pretty good career in England. She hosted The News Quiz, which is another one of their radio shows. Well, she hosts QI now. Uh, does she host QI yeah. now? I didn't know that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So Mornington Crescent is a game which involves moving from one London tube station to another one, and the object of the game is to get to Mornington Crescent, and I don't want to say anything else about it right now. So why don't we cut to a clip? Well, Lord knows, Brown sure would approve of Knightsbridge. Oh. Uh, oh. No, no, I can't let you what? do Knightsbridge. I'm sorry, no. according to uh, the Ilkley Moore Amendment, your, your, <laughs> your bar tat. <laughs> Okay, uh, Elephant Bart Castle. No, I'm sorry, can't let you have Elephant Bart Castle. That doesn't work. You hapeth. All right, Seth, why did you bring that sketch to us today? Uh, because I love, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue, and Mornington Crescent is maybe my favorite segment on that show. Why is that? Because it is nonsense. It is a bunch of hot nonsense. The point of the game is that there are no rules, and the sketch is the players coming up with justifications for the moves that they're making, the moderator allowing or disallowing those moves, and then the audience participating in it as though they were actually watching a serious sporting event, which you can hear um, in the background in this, uh, this particular version of Mornington Crescent. So then let's, I know it's, I know it's your least favorite question that I ask, but I think it's an important one. Like, why is this a sketch and not improv? It's not. I wouldn't say it's improv either. It's, but it's people coming up with answers off the top of their heads. In right. Response and, to questions. And, and also they're like coming up with answers based on other people's answers. Yeah. It's, it, eh, okay. it's sort of, it, for me, it's in the middle. It's improv because again, they are coming up with stuff off the top of their heads um, sometimes they will refer back to previous bits, being in nid and losing moves is one of the ones that shows up fairly frequently. Um, but it's also sketch-like because the beats are predetermined. Okay, and what are the beats in this? Basically, starting move, mm -hmm. everybody having thoughts about that move, right? You hear a lot of, ooh, oh, that, mm, that was a good choice, that was a bad choice, that kind of that, oh, that was dangerous, that kind of thing. Uh, and then that will continue for a while. There are uh, penalties thrown in. There are justifications for not being able to use those penalties. There's that kind of thing. The The structure is pretty much the same. The individual bits might move around a little bit, but a one Mornington Crescent 
segment uh, is going to be familiar to anybody who's ever heard another Mornington Crescent segment. It's basically like a choose-your-own-adventure story. A little bit, yes, but you always end up at Mornington Crescent. Right. And so, uh, EK, this is an audio sketch. It's, it's Obviously, it's done in front of a, an, a live an audience, audience, a live yeah. audience yeah. but it's for a radio show. It is. So, what are the elements of an audio sketch that are different from a video sketch and... Yeah, get into that a little bit. That was not a greatly well-phrased question. But talk about audio sketch versus video sketch. Basically, you're asking me, how do you make sure it's funny when there, you don't have any moving pictures to accompany Bingo. it? Yeah. <laughs> the pictures are moving? What? <laughs> Sorcery. Still photos. <laughs> Let's talk about witchcraft for a second. <laughs> um, Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that you have to have, I mean, it's just that. You don't, you cannot rely on any kind of visual component to communicate an idea or any component of the story. And so you really have to, if there is a sound you need, if there is a particular word you need, you have to get it on, I, I will say on paper, just as a as a shorthand for saying that it has to be written or or verbalized somehow. You have to make sure that every single comedic idea is being spoken or or otherwise you know what this is I'm no, no you're I, right I'm using the yeah, plot yeah. I, 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 I'm, I just I'm thinking about the juxtaposition between the Three Stooges uh, skit and this one it's just the pie in this sense has to be doubling down on those fake words that they're saying in this skit right like you have to be clearly selling that beat in, in this radio version yeah. Right? yeah. Like to, uh, to your point, yeah, okay. like 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 yeah, wordplay is, is a strong part of it, but also using that wordplay to create a picture in the audience's mind, so they can imagine these characters or like this situation happening without having to see it. Basically, how like you know, books do that. I don't know if, I don't know if you guys have heard of books, but they stories, they kind of do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but like, a, but like, so so so. I think I've what, seen those online wait, before. In fact, I, I have a Mornington Crescent book right here. Uh, oh yeah, a lot of help that was. Yeah. <laughs> so so like, but like you have to you have to create that image for the audience, and um, what this sketch or I don't I don't, I don't I'm not sure it's game. It's just a game. I think not even really a sketch. Thank you, Julian. Yeah, <laughs> fucking. Let's just call it like what it is. All right, shit. damn it. <laughs> you always bring these talking things, like these talking, these really talky things. But no, it's okay. Seth and his talkies. But like, but like, uh, it's but it's a wave of the future talking. So like, they, where, is it Yorkshire? Where's where's their? It, it's usually recorded in London, but this recording was on location in Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Yeah. So like, so like the people of Yorkshire were getting all the jokes because they were making jokes about Yorkshire, having having the setting, and then. Talking about the people there, making references to the people there, creates that image for the audience right. that are listening. Yeah, going back to your point earlier, Julian, of of people want to hear themselves, or or or, yeah, yeah, people, yeah, yeah, in, in whatever is being portrayed, right, or see themselves in whatever, yeah, being. and that's I mean, the funny. You right. you could translate yeah. something like this to DC, I think. You know, you have you you can I have. Never mind. I, I, I played, Seth's already done it. I, play, I played a game of Dupont Circle with someone I met at a party, and then rapidly they were the <laughs> Remind only ones me to left never at that party. go to your parties. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's. I think I think part of the the initial disconnect for me with this one was that 
I I just don't know the geography of these places, and so right. it's really hard to track a lot of those jokes. Whereas if 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 maybe if I saw you hosting like a DC version of Mornington Crescent, I would I would totally get it, and you could layer in those those jokes about like you know K Street and Metro Center or whatever. And let's talk about the importance of like prior knowledge to getting this sketch, not just the places, but the rules or the lack of rules. Uh, Seth, how critical is it to know what's going on before you see this? It is absolutely vital. Having the audience willing to go along with this game is, I think, perhaps the most important component of it. And I think it's also why, spoilers, it's also why... I think pretty much all of you didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> well, it we just it's it. We go into most of the sketches we talk about on this show. Yeah, cold for the right. most part. You're like yeah. you, you know, you know the names or yeah. that kind of thing, but you go into it cold, and so your read or your listen or your watch is all about what's happening right now in the immediacy. What are my reactions? You know, for these three minutes. And then we have something like this, which is a, it's a different style than yeah, we normally talk about. True. And B, when we're not all familiar with it, it's tough to be, to think critically about it when our first thought is, I'm not quite sure what's going on. Okay. And what I really enjoyed actually from it was the audience as almost, the, as, as the third character. I was laughing because the audience was laughing. And yeah. I think that kind of goes to Andy's point. Like the audience is a character. The audience knowing the background of it is very important because um, yeah. that's what makes us laugh. We we yeah. talked about a Marx Brothers sketch where, you know, you have the guy when who just that? communicates with the horn. <laughs> Harpo. Harpo. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like you don't, you don't need to know the words, but you're just, the the cadence of the, the noise mimics how you phrase a sentence. And so an idea is clearly communicated. Genius. And that was almost like how I, I listened to this the first time where, I could tell based on the speech patterns that clearly a joke had been made. Right, right. <laughs> and so I could, it was It was almost like learning, I had to kind of learn the rhythm of the mm -hmm. segment first and then listen to it several times to be like, okay, there's a joke here. What's the joke? Clearly the, the, the audience thought this was funny, but it, there is just so much knowledge and detail that is so specific to that area and that group of people that it was I I imagine it would be very hard to track if you weren't I mean I I know it's very hard to track if you're not familiar with those things and similarly like I I would have a tough time imagining that someone from LA or Chicago would be particularly interested in listening to to you do Mornington Crescent with yeah. DC stuff but there is a universal funny there which is yeah. being lost in a metro I've been to London, never ridden the tram or anything like that. And so I, 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 didn't, I didn't understand. So, like, how, how do you create something that's, like, both, like, locally funny? and it, Because literally they made this just for these people, just, just for, like, the London, I guess, suburban area or whatever. Well, the thing is, I, I honestly radius. don't know that the geography of the London underground is important to the game. Yeah, I don't think it is. Okay. But, I, under, I kind of but there are clearly jokes being made about landmarks and sort of some of the obstacles that you might encounter getting from one place to another. Or the way you say something based on where you're at in the in the rail line. Okay. I mean, yeah, but with the, I, I don't know. Then they, they throw in like lateral parallel or reversal and I can get, get them to, here's, here's this. I love fake games. 
And I originally wanted to talk about this earlier, but I, then I decided I wanted to wait until somebody talked about Number Wang because the joke in this is largely the same as the joke in Number Wang. We are not privy to what the rules are. The extra layer that we get here is that we get to hear the contestants make up the rules as it's going along. Just to throw out a couple of more, there's a fairly famous Star Trek episode, don't remember exactly which one it is, in which Kirk gets out of jail by making up the card game Fizzbin as he's going along, and there are just a lot of ridiculous rules. <laughs> there was a one. fairly yeah, yeah. long-running fantasy series, the Myth Adventures series, in which one of the recurring jokes was dragon poker. It was played like regular poker, except on Tuesdays, elves were wild and dragons were no good and that kind of thing. So I enjoy games where basically making up the rules is part of the joke. Right. Similar to 30 seconds into this sketch, you've lost me. Well, do we want to play a round of it? Do, do we want to play a round of DuPont Circle? <laughs> we don't have to. Okay. okay. Cool. Sketch nerds audience. Yeah, let's this is... fucking do this. I, I, I actually... Let's give it a try. Let's, let's All right. We'll try, we'll try Mornington Crescent slash DuPont Circle. Okay. I'm the only Virginian here, so... I'm fucked. Yeah, okay. No, but you're still on a metro stop. Yeah, that's, so that's true. That's true. That's true. That's you're true. on Franconia, right? All right. Who? So no, up. I'm on. Uh, now I'm, I was. I was on. Well, yeah, I'm on. Uh, okay. I well, feel like you should know where you shit. live. Pentagon City. Okay. I'm on oh, Pentagon guys, City. You guys moved in. Yeah. Wow. That was. Uh, that was a. a that was a, a big mall there. A year ago, almost. Yeah. Mm. So I'm gonna go ahead and not play. I'll go ahead and moderate this I think version. That's the right move. Uh. So. It's we're gonna Classic play. Classic We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna play standard DC rules. Uh, the uh, the Patriot Act is in effect, which I'm means, already nervous. <laughs> you know, we, we would play standard okay, DC rules, and I was like, "Fuck, I don't know what that means." Well, that's yeah. the whole point. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. Right. Standard DC rules. Patriot Act is in effect, which means you can't get anywhere near the mall unless, of course, you've uh, got a good security clearance. So. Um, how, how about any travel restrictions to Trump Hotel? Uh, travel restrictions to Trump Hotel, since that is not on the Mendro, if you go anywhere near Trump Hotel, you are in NID and you lose three moves. Is there a Nats game going on? Is there a Nats game going on? Oh, that is a uh, great question. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Well, or, or standard any, any, any DC rules of... says no Nats games. If you play with the sports option, there is one. Do you want to play with the sports option? I'll take it. What about All right, we're playing game? with the sports uh it's Nats or Patch. You can't have both at the same no. time. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Single tracking or? Oh. Ooh. Um, Redline is always single tracked. Okay. Uh, in standard That's DC. That's fair. Yeah. Um, okay. And also, um, is there construct? Is there metro construction? Is there? Met I said standard DC rules, Julian. Okay. All right. There, there is metro construction. Uh, so there's smoke as well. There's smoke as well. <laughs> A lot of fires. And the. Um, Let's see the elevator, uh, the escalator. I'm sorry. No, yeah, the elevator isn't working. The lift. The, yes, the uh, the escalator uh, is is not working. Um, pretty much anywhere. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, Julian, do you want to start? Yes. What do I say now? <laughs> you say the name of a metro stop. Okay. Okay. Um. Uh. Metro Center. Metro Center. Okay. Okay. It's a good choice. Right Bold choice. City. Interesting. Yeah. That's a strong opening castle move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of ways to go from there. A lot of ways to go. Yeah, so it's many, easy, easy so many lines. It's the it's the center there. of the metro for our listeners who aren't from DC. Where are we going again? Dupont, Dupont Circle. Oh, I'm with you. Okay, but it's it's it, it's easy to get lost in there, and it's easy to get turned around. But I, I they, you know, there are other ways to get. Also, if it's single tracking for the red line, it's also it could be a detrimental move. Exactly. So Wait, are, is it a weekend? Uh, oh, standard shit. DC? No, it's a weekday. 
It's a weekday. Okay. Yep. okay. Okay. okay, so I, I, I think then I'll um, I'll progress backwards a little bit, maybe, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. go to South Capitol. Okay, South Capitol. All right. That makes zero sense, Andy. D- yeah. Well, with the single tracking, I'm thinking maybe the best move is to get around it and go, is to more go to um, Farragut West. Um, but you know the red line runs through, even if it's single tracking, you could still... Go so at this the, point, the uh, audience would be laughing he at the crescent. He has made right? his choice. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Have we okay. made jokes <laughs> so far? I'm not. <laughs> I think that might have been a joke. Uh, yeah, I think I think you saying is the audience laughing is the joke. I think that's it. Yeah. All right, it's time for the end of the show. Emily, as the guest, can you come up with a uh, rating system for us to write these sketches with? Absolutely. I'm going to do a wholesome rating scale. For all of you innocent Julian listeners out there. Julian will surely turn that around, but good. <laughs> Let's do a... Uh, now I feel like kind of like forced to do this. I don't know. Go, go, go. I mean, you... I you, can you set just, you up and you say cream pie. You gave people lung cancer. <laughs> yeah. He's just going to say four N-words again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. What's the uh, what's the scale? Um, Pie to the face. Pie to the face. Is there a maximum or is it like however many we think is the right number? I'm on a scale of 10. Is there, 10 being the best. Is there a word or some kind of slang term for a cream pie in the face? Do you know what I mean? Like if you were to, never mind. Yeah. A, a, a cream a pie suggested. Or, uh, um, oral. I guess, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on who you're talking to. All right. So All right, let's, Emily, go, let's do this. Andy wants that part edited out. And I want to keep bringing it up now because I feel like the cream pie thing is too because, obvious. To no, oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, um, uh, Splat. A cream How many splats do you want? To the face would technically be called a snowball. Okay. I don't and think that's right. Later on Urban Dictionary Hour, you can catch us explaining the shocker. It's also definitely not the shocker. <laughs> Emily. I know many, because I'm being How many pies right to the face would you give the Three Stooges sketch? Oh gosh, the Three Stooges sketch obviously is getting the full 10 for me. Um I think it's clean from beginning to end. It has a excellent pacing. Um yeah, I can't I can't see anything wrong with it. Full right. 10 pies. Okay. But 13 pies to the face. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's all I got. Wow. Damn. So Eight pies. Uh, they're from Marie Callender's. Wait, are they frozen or are they baked? At oh, that no. Point? They're fresh. They're from the restaurant. Oh, There's that- a Marie Callender's restaurant? There are on the West Coast. You take... It's, it's in London. <laughs> <laughs> it's in London, too. Where, that is the only place where you can get a Marie Callender's steak and kidney pie. I, there we go. Wow. Okay. Mind blown. I had no idea. Julian? I'm always interested in, in sketches that do the same joke, but just do things and do the same thing in just more interesting ways. And um, so I'll give it one pie to the face and what? One pie, one pie to the face of a person who will go into diabetic shock. Okay. I, I'm like the, I like that you're handing out potentially fatal yeah. diseases. <laughs> yeah. Your recent is, uh, yeah. these past two weeks. I mean, yeah. that's how much I care. And that's important. Uh, for me, I would give it seven. Um, and frankly, your explanation earlier of giving it the historical context definitely upped its rating for me because I kind of thought it was not, it didn't feel new, especially when I looked into the context of the pie in the face. I thought, okay, this has actually been going on for a long time and this isn't breaking ground in any way. And that I was kind of hoping when I first watched it, I was like, oh, maybe this was like the genesis of the pie in the face. Mm. And 
the timing and the pacing are excellent, um, but it just didn't didn't make me laugh very much. What? Um, are you a robot? A little bit. But <laughs> Let me check context, your pulse. Um, but the context Have that you, you gave— Have you listened to the podcast? He sounds like a robot. Really? <laughs> that was hurtful. Julian, don't be hurtful. hurtful. Well, I'm sorry. Well, okay, okay. Bad joke. We love you, Andy. Thank or, you. Or, or good joke. Uh, but yeah, so but seven, like seven for me. Was a good joke. Um, now, was a good uh, joke. let's talk about um, Mornington Crescent. Yes. Uh, Emily, how many pies would you give Mornington Crescent? I will give uh, one figgy pudding. A figgy pudding, okay. Um, because honestly, uh, I really didn't understand it. But the big sell for me was the audience reaction. Okay. Like that. Julian? I get why it was funny to those people. But I, I just don't like really talky stuff. I don't know. I'll I'll give it one pie to the face. <laughs> And I'll watch that person go into diabetic shock, and I will won't, I won't call the ambulance or give it CPR. So, so just to be clear, because you you kind of gave the yeah, two sketches the, the same the rating. Oh yeah, no. But the, 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 like the, 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 the only caveat is that I would probably I would definitely save the person who is the sweet from, pie, and pie. From, okay. from 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 yeah. this from the decisions, but I would not Thank save you, this Julian. person. I'm CPR trained, by the way, so I. That's a very real threat, then. Yeah, like you are truly withholding. Yeah, and I, I'm just going to watch them. Yeah. I'm wow. just going to watch them go. I'm going to watch them seizure and then maybe bite their own tongue and die. Ek, <laughs> um. uh, I'm going to give Mornington Crescent eight uh, pork hand pies. Ooh, um, I don't know if they're going to be in the face. Um, maybe one or two in the face. Um, it's a different kind of pastry. It's a little firmer. Um, it's probably more likely. <laughs> it's probably it's it's short crust, you know. So it's probably going to hurt off their forehead. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, like that pastry in the face would actually probably hurt, and so I don't want to give it too many because I just don't know. You know, I don't know what's going to happen there, and I don't really understand what that's going to look like or feel like, and then that's very similar to my reaction to to just experiencing Mornington Crescent for the first time. <laughs> I will say for me, this one is seven again, probably, because I had initially been confused by it, but I felt like kind of once we played it and once once I knew more about it, I think my initial negative feelings that can be so tough to overcome sometimes when you have a bad first impression was that I didn't get it. But once I heard it more, heard it a couple times, read about it, and we kind of played it, mm -hmm. I got it more. And I was like, okay, I think I could appreciate this. Um, so, seven. I'm going to give it 10. I'm going to give it 10 pies. I'm going to give it five pies from Dangerously Delicious, five pies from the Pie Bitch, and an extra Cornish pasty uh, because it's from the UK. All right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Sketch Nerds. A special thanks to our guest, Emily Price, for being on today's show. Emily, where can our listeners find you online, in the real world? Where are you? Um, you can find me roaming around the city. Cool. Most likely. Um, bad medicine sketch shows. Yep. Yeah. And uh, maybe the Indian prop scene and an occasional stand-up thing here and there. But honestly, I have no presence online. That's true. <laughs> I owe a lot of people a lot of money. <laughs> it's the student loan people. They're also after me. <laughs> Listeners, please like, share, and subscribe. If you have a sketch you're interested in us breaking down, please send it to us. We'd love to do that. You can find out more about Sketch Nerds and Bad Medicine at badmedicinecomedy.com slash sketchnerds, where you can also find links to the sketches we discussed today and more information about me being a robot. 
You can find this podcast and previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For Emily Price, Elizabeth E.K. Kemp, Seth Alcorn, and Julian Morgan, I'm Andy Weld. Thanks for listening to Sketch Nerds. This episode was produced by Isaiah Hedden and recorded in Washington, D.C. The closing music tracks were provided by SoundtrackForEverything.com. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. The Sketch Nerds podcast is brought to you by the sketch comedy group Bad Medicine, DC's best sketch comedy about the worst of humanity. For showtimes, videos, and funny t-shirts, please visit badmedicinecomedy.com.